Greetings and salutations and welcome to Recasted, the podcast that knows where to hide all the dirt. Uh, don't worry about tunneling out of this episode as we've come to a close on our military month of Recasted. To send us off, we have newly elected Commander-in-Chief, Hassa. Hello. And I am Chris, the intro guy. Bully. Bully. We've trained ourselves diligently this month, building up to take on this big project of World War II. There has been planning going on for months, or at least days, and making sure that each of us knows the roles we need to take to make this a successful episode. Mm -hmm. uh, we welcome back Steve McQueen to recast it <laughs> in spirit. Yeah, yeah no, he's <laughs> sitting here. What? <laughs> As we go through our version of The Great Escape. Yeah. I really enjoyed watching this film. I did too. I was surprised how good this movie was. It was slow. I was also surprised but, how little Steve McQueen was in it. Yep. Considering he's like on the poster and... And it's like, Steve McQueen, The Great Escape. Yeah. Well, he is the cooler king. He is the cooler king. Because he's good at being in the cooler. <laughs> Which did I didn't you? get until I saw the movie. Because like, you see this title on the thing, you're like, oh, is he just because he's cool? Nope. Because no. <laughs> he's in the cooler. Yeah. Because he's in solitary confinement for most of the movie. <laughs> And then it has actually a pretty good motorcycle chase. Well, it's Steve McQueen, right? Yeah. So they put that in because that's like the only part of the movie that's not really based on anything. Mm -hmm. But it's Steve McQueen. And then his... Uh, so he did most of the stunts, as Steve McQueen does. Um, however, the jumping over the fence wasn't him. It was his stunt guy. Mm. who was the same stunt guy he used for Bullet. Um. But apparently he did try the stunt, but he he crashed on it. Okay. <laughs> so, somebody else did that stunt. Nice. It's an extra fun fact. Yeah. No, I, I really enjoyed this. Like, I thought, um, I thought like the people had really good chemistry together. Mm -hmm. I thought um, all the actors like really did a good job playing their parts, and they had that a really good spycraft kind of going on. Like, kind of like impromptu spycraft yeah. stuff going on. So I thought it was really good. And for me, though, seeing Donald Pleasance just in the wild as a normal actor was super weird. I'm, he's normally Blofeld. Like, he's Blofeld to me, and he will always be Blofeld. It's just like... Really? Not seeing Richard Attenborough? And being well, like, we spared no, no expense. expense. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't look like Richard Attenborough. No, it actually took me a while. And then yeah. I was like, okay, here we go, yeah. Yeah, it sound if you if you listen to it, it sounds like him. But yes. but yeah, it doesn't look like him. But yeah, for me, it was just it was Donald Pleasance, because like, I know he was only Blofeld like twice, maybe, uh, maybe yeah. only once. But yeah, he's the one from Goldfinger, and he will always for me, he'll always be Blofeld. <laughs> but yeah, like I thought this movie was really incredibly well done. I thought everybody played their part incredibly well. No one really had more screen time than anybody else, and. Like, the sets mm. were really well done. I enjoyed the tunnel set. Yeah. Like, so I found it, it, it was interesting because, and I was reading about it afterwards, because it was interesting with the set, like, the, the camp they were in. Because I was like, wow, this, like, you know, when we think World War II, we think of all the, the terrible concentration camps and all, the, like, the conditions there. And you looked at this camp, and it was like, it wasn't bad. But it was because it was a POW camp. Yeah. And I was like, this this can't be really that accurate. Turns out it was. <laughs> like, it was literally 
built near the same place where the original camp was because it is based on a true story. Yeah, it says that at the beginning. It says like the yeah. events are based on the true story, but and then the the, the people or something aren't real or something like that. I can't remember. Well, the characters are are yeah. amalgamation amalgamations yeah. of others, but even like the German the commandant commandant commandant, commandant um, like his character was kind of a weirdly out of place for what we consider as like the German Nazi. Like it was almost like he did not want to be a Nazi. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting. Because obviously there were Nazis who didn't want to be Nazis. No. Like, they, let's let's face it. Like, they were a group of people that did unbelievably untold horrible shit to the world. And they have been and forever will be the villains of the world, of history. Well, even in this, like, the 50 men. Yeah. That, like, that was like, terrible. That was actually part of the, um, is it the Newburgh? Nuremberg. Yeah. But the, that was World War One. No, the war crimes i think this was part oh of nuremberg it. i'm thinking um the other trials yeah the nuremberg trials yeah that was yeah like yeah. those 50 men were part like the was it all of those guys said uh oh, yeah, it was an execution. the germans yeah like they were was, charged and yeah. ex executed for that which good, good. yeah sorry <laughs> good yeah. but yeah like the the commandant 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 <laughs> commandant commander yeah von luger <laughs> Why are you having such a hard time with know. Commandant? I think it's because I want to say Commandant. Mm. Um, but, like, yeah, like, he just... And, like, even that beginning where he's like, you'll sit here, we'll sit here, and we'll just wait out the war. Yeah. You're like, we're not going to do that. And it's like, oh, man, come but on. But I also liked the relationship he had with uh, Ramsey. The, oh, the, the senior officer? Yeah, because yeah. like, he was like, you know we can't do that. He's like, it is our duty to try and break out of here. And he's like, well, it's my duty to keep you in here. Yeah. And, like, it was a mutual respect. Like, like Yeah, it wasn't like, now we're going to hit you over the head with yeah. the rifles. And yeah. and they didn't do any of that. And I think I think you kind of need to keep that. Like, I don't, I don't want, like, I want this to be... Well, I think you keep, like, the SS and the Gestapo... Being... Being assholes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, with uh, Bartley? Barlet? Bartlett. Bartlett. Uh, Big X. Yeah. Big X. Sorry, sounds like a rapper. <laughs> um, but, like, you keep that in him, too, where he's like, I know if he gets caught, he's like, if he's like, if I get caught one more time, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. And that was. That was. Right, well, Steve, uh, Steve McQueen said it to him, right? He's mm. like, what kind of, or was it Steve McQueen? No, it was uh, James Garner. Yeah. He's like, what kind of liability are you? Like, everyone knows who you are. Yeah. Right? Like, like Gestapo's looking for you. You shouldn't be going. Right, and like I thought, that whole scene where they were escaping was super tense, and like it was really, really well done. Um, though it just sucks that it all it took was this one person to slip and fall, and the next person to be um, impatient. Yeah, well, right? that's the big one, right? The impatience was. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. And I like the fact that none of them shot any of them. Well, they shot at them, but they never. No, no really... but like. The the prisoners. Well, except for Ives. Oh, no, you mean, sorry, you mean the prisoners never shot at the Germans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they never shot at them. Like, they never got a gun and shot at them. Like, Steve McQueen held a gun just in case they were coming after him, but they, they went down mm -hmm. the other road. But, like, like none of this turned into a gunfight. No. Right? Like, the times people got, people were shot at, they got shot. Mm-hmm. Right? So. But, I don't know. I just really... 
I really enjoyed this, and I kind of want to keep it, like, uh, we're going into the remake part of it, but I kind of want to keep it light and breezy. I don't want it to be Nazis being Nazis. I don't want this to look like the camp, the work camp from Schindler's List. Like, it doesn't have to look like that. And I don't think it does, because, like, as I was saying, like, this was pretty fairly accurate camp to what it was, like, Anyways, let's talk about some fun facts. Fun facts. Every week it changes. <clears throat> One day, the police in the German town where this movie was shot set up a speed trap near the set. Several members of the cast and crew were caught, including Steve McQueen. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> the chief of police told McQueen, Herr McQueen, we have caught several of your comrades today, but you have won the prize for the highest speeding. McQueen was arrested and briefly jailed. Uh, I found that well, you funny. know, from the from what I know about Steve McQueen, that doesn't surprise me at all. Because like, he probably took. I know three movies with Steve McQueen in them. I know this one, I know Bullet, mm-hmm. and I know one called Le Mans, which was about the twenty four hour Le Mans race. Yeah, which was filmed at like during the actual race. Mm-hmm. He did most of his driving in his own personal car. Like, this dude liked this stuff. He he's <laughs> was big into the driving. Yeah. Um, in this movie, several Americans, including Hiltz and Henley, were amongst the escapees. In real life, American officers assisted with the construction of the escape tunnel, but weren't amongst the escapees because the Germans moved them to a remote compound just before the escape. See, like, if this is the thing, like, I love the idea, and I thought it was so cool that this movie from, oh, when, when did this movie come out? 1962? 62 or 3, whatever it was. 63. Um... They had at the very beginning, this place was specially built to for these people who've escaped yeah. so many times. It's like, oh, wow, that trope is that old. <laughs> this, this, like that place, even the dirt. Yeah. Like that was the thing. Like, we can't take this dirt out. It's different. Yeah. Um, all right. When celebrating the 4th of July and pouring alcohol, Hiltz, Steve McQueen, is thrown off by an ad lib by Joff, Jude Taylor. When Hiltz is drinking, I guess it's Joff, Jeff, Goff, G-O-F-F, okay. says, no taxation without representation. McQueen yes. jumps out of character and gives him a look and mouths, what? <laughs> Director John Sturges must have signaled to just go with it, and the scene continued, but it's an obvious ad lib. I thought it looked a little weird Yeah, I remember when that. I was watching yeah. it. I'm like, wow. He's like, what? What? <laughs> uh, lastly. Because that was, that was not... Uh, no, that was Independence. Yeah. But that was like the southern... Yeah. The southern sides like, kind of thing. Uh, the individual incidents in this movie are mostly true, but were rearranged as to both the timing and the people involved, um, as noted at the start that it acknowledges this. For instance, of the 76 who escaped, there were three who got away and 50 who were murdered in re- reprisal. But the murders occurred in small groups, not all at once. Uh, 14 Germans were executed after the war for their part in this. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. But, but yeah. I didn't know that, but yeah. Also, fun fact, uh, Charles Bronson was a minor prior to being an actor and did actually suffer from claustrophobia. That was well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I thought that was a good good plot twist halfway through the film because he had spent so much time actually in the tunnel. Yeah, right? he just needed to get out. Yeah. And he had been 
buried so many times. Yeah. And I like that too. Like, I don't know. That whole set was really surprising to me because like it was low. It was only like a foot and a half, two feet tall. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause that, and the end, like you've, you've seen, you mean movies where they build tunnels and they're always crawl mm-hmm. through them. They never, they're never, you know, and they're always big and like, yeah, but they, this they, one had like a track where they yeah, could like, ride but like down. you could tell it was made like they, the set designers were like, okay, we need to make this look like it's stuff that they pulled out of their camp. Yeah. Well, they had right. they had some of like the technical advisors because this is sixty two, right? So the war it wasn't that far. It wasn't that war, far. Yeah. So they did have some of the POWs yeah. as technical advisors. Because yeah, like, like did, how did, did you, you notice guys... the shovels they were using were basically just handles on on like coffee cans? Yeah, you know, like and the pickaxe was the two pieces of metal he took out from yeah. the truck. Yeah, like a shock or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like it was just, it was really, really well done and very, very intelligent, and I really, mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. And I, th- I think, yeah, for my remake, I kind of want to make. Let's get into that now. Okay, let's get into it. I want to make it. I want to have it very similar. I want to keep the, the not levity, but I want to keep the fact that these people have high spirits, right? And I really want to keep the Fourth of July thing. <laughs> like I want to keep that kind of stuff. I want to keep the fact that they, you know. Have those moonshine. Have those hopes of, hey, we're escaping. We're already mm-hmm. like we're gonna get two hundred and fifty six of us out. Yeah, none of us are gonna be here for the long. Like, let's just get this done and get you know get out of here. Um, but I also kind of want that suspense. Mm-hmm. I like the suspense at the end. I like the suspense of when they find Tom, right? And yeah, they didn't find Tom on the fourth of July like it was shown. They actually found it in August. Yeah. Um, there was actually a fourth tunnel. I think it was named Gary. Yeah, I know. Gary. Gary. <laughs> um, and then, because I was reading a bunch about it, right? So, and then the tunnel they went out, they actually decided because it was, it was coming to winter, it was getting bad, and, like, they didn't know if the wood would hold anymore. Mm. So, they're like, we need to go now. And, yeah. And, like, but what I want to do is I want to kind of emphasize have more emphasis on the spycraft part of the the, the movie because mm-hmm. um, I really I really liked that I really liked how they have had signals for everything and it was like the signal at the end of the like from far away and mm-hmm. then to the other one to the other one to the other one and then they yeah, you know, like closed the everything up and yeah. yeah or yeah when they like move the trash can and then one guy puts the thing over here yeah. and then it like yeah you know knocks really on the good. door knocks on the wall yeah. yeah I really enjoy that or the way they do like then they were like breaking into it with the chisel and they're timing it with the guy outside yeah. who's hammering the thing. Yeah. That was really good. And like the art class of drawing birds, like, Oh God, I don't like, it's just the whole point of it was yeah. to make the German go. I don't want to be here. It's boring. Yeah. I'm leaving. This that was the, bird. that was the whole point of that scene and it worked and it was so well done because then they could talk about what they needed to talk yeah. about. Right. I kind of wanted that also though. Cause I thought, cause he's like, Oh, so it, it's like the, the it, bird black, sound. Well, the bird sound. And then like, he's like, it's a black uniform and it goes and it's all, and I was like, I kind of wanted that to be some codes where people were like, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. And, like, you could totally write that in there, and that's mm-hmm. how they were talking. Because I thought the bird sound would, was going to come back as one of the signals. Yeah, I thought right? so, too. So. But. Like, how to train them to do the whistling. Mm-hmm. Did you find it weird, though, that they were singing Christmas songs in the middle of, like, June? 
<laughs> yeah, but what the one of the one of the characters, the character who was always the conductor, got yeah. super mad about it too. Remember, mm. like, yeah, but like, what else he get to sing? I know. Like, so, and it was funny when this movie started. Danielle didn't watch the whole thing, but she started, mm-hmm. um, just because of time. She couldn't. Yeah, we didn't three have hours to, long. Yeah, um, she heard the song at the beginning, and I'm like, yeah, that's where the song this song came from. Like everybody knows <laughs> the Great Escape song, but didn't know doesn't know it came from the Great Escape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was okay. Did they do that in Spaceballs? Was I that the one that the... you'd know that more than <sighs> I would? I gotta look it up. I swear that's the the theme song because I was like, I recognize this yeah. song. Um. Anyway. I think that's it. Like, I still want to keep this World War II. Oh, yeah. I still want to keep this... I still want to keep the German Commandant respectful, but I do want to have the the fear from the Gestapo. Um, did you ever see Jojo Rabbit? Yeah. Kind of like that. Like when... I almost wanted uh, Taika... <laughs> Taika to do this? I thought Ta- about Taika that. Taika to do do the uh, Von Luger. But like it was kind of like... Because like, Sam Rockwell was a Nazi in that, but he wasn't a scary Nazi. Whereas when the Gestapo showed up and it was the high Hitler scene, the high Hitler you... scene, but <laughs> like that you... scene is so unbelievably funny and so unbelievably tense. I know, like it's ridiculous how that scene makes you feel. We, we high Hitler the children. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Okay, so I laughed in this <sighs> movie because they do that. They're like high Hitler, high Hitler, yeah. and the command, commandant, commandant, like, commandant. <laughs> Sorry, people. He's just like writing, and then he's like. Oh, yeah. Because huh. yeah. Yeah. they looked at him like, why aren't like, you doing it? Why are you, what's yeah. going on here? So, but yes. Yeah, Jojo Rabbit was a great one because okay. that was like a great mixture of tense but comedy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want that here. Like, those, there has to be those moments of tension and there has to be... Well, even with... Um, but, I, but I wouldn't put the tension where you would think it the most. Like, mm. when, when they're building the tunnel... And, like, Sorry. they have their signals and stuff. I wouldn't put the tension there. No. I would keep that, like, hey, we're getting one over on the guy, on the things. But, like, after that, after they escape at that end or while they're escaping, that's where I want the tension. Yeah. That's where I want this. And then, yeah, whenever the Gestapo shows up, I want them to be so menacing and terrible that, like, oh, shit, these are the real bad guys. Yeah. Like, well, because even they have um, the one, I can't remember what his name is, but he was the ferret. He was the guard. Yeah. But he was like talking to um, Henley, Henley and yeah. he's like, Henley's Werner. Like, yeah, Werner. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I was in the Boy Scouts. And he's like, oh, I was in the Scouts too. He's like, I had 11 badges or something. He's like, oh, I had 12. He's like, yeah, but I didn't get. He's like, well, I was going for my 12, but I had to join the Hitler Youth instead. Yeah. And you're like, oh. And they're like, yeah, you do anything wrong. And it's like they're like that's what i liked about it like they were scared of the rest of the nazis yeah. right like it's like oh if we do something wrong they send us to the front line in russia yeah. and we're dead and we're dead yeah so yeah. yeah how do you want to change it um i don't want to change it too much um i might the one thing because with reading it i might want to change just with the americans because i kind of like the idea of them getting to this point and then them going, okay, actually, we're taking the Americans out of this camp. Yeah. And then that way, I mean, basically, you have to rewrite um, Hiltz and Henley because they'd be taken out. Mm-hmm. And you'd have to, and that would be kind of part of that tension. Okay. All right. Sorry. Quick oh. break there for a sec. Yeah. Technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
for me it's taking away the yeah, it's gone now. it's taking out the americans near the end and don't have them as That's part, part of, of the thing escapes. yeah see i kind of like that kind of like actiony bit at the end i know because i like it kind of juxtaposed can... between the other people who were actually trying to escape properly mm -hmm. and like even then like i enjoy watching richard attenborough and everybody run through the town and i would keep all that yeah. but you just have to change the british like the americans to the british movie. right you want yeah. well, okay, i want to be wrong. more historically accurate yeah. but yeah but then it, it does change part of it because then your main draw is supposed to be the cooler king yeah, but he was obviously not the main character. Like, Bartlett was way more of a main character. Yeah. And Hen well, was, Hendley was way more of a main this character. This was just a... Um, wow, what is it? This was... You, a have a big, you have a big name actor attached to a movie. Yeah. Let's make sure he gets screen time. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, but other than that, I wouldn't change too much. I would just, you know, update the visuals. Make well, it yeah, a little more... Course. I mean, that was the one thing, is, like, they were all... Again, super clean uniforms and all this stuff compared to what they should have been in a war. Mm -hmm. Compared to all the other war movies we've seen. Yeah. So there's, um, a, there's a few things. So a few little nods that I saw in this movie that I have equated to other movies in the future. That I want to see if you either caught or agree with me on. Okay. So they got rid of the dirt by walking around the yard mm -hmm. and letting it go through their pants. Yeah. So Tim Robbins did that in the Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's where Stephen King got it from? Yes. Because, <laughs> um, like, I when they first started doing that, I'm like, oh, my God, that's straight out of Shawshank. Yeah. Right? But obviously this movie was before Shawshank. So. They've also done it as a comedy joke in the third Naked Gun movie. Yeah, but, like, yeah, and he filmed, ended up, like, burying himself in dirt or whatever it was. No, he, yeah, he'd be on, like, the <laughs> baseball pitch, and he'd be, like, just dirt falling out yeah. of him. Yeah. Um, um, what was the other one? Oh, how... Hiltz had that he was bouncing the baseball off the walls yeah do you think in Ghost Protocol when Tom Cruise is in prison and he's throwing a rock against the wall that's where he got that from probably because like he's obviously doing it way more accurately because he think he bounces off like three walls before he catches it again but like he's alone he's in a prison and he's bouncing something off the wall like that's there's no way that Tom Cruise doesn't watch Steve McQueen movies. Like, this was kind of Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, a man, an actor who was well-respected and did his own stunts. Yeah. Right? So. One of the things that I wish we'd seen a little bit more of, and I was a little disappointed you didn't get to see it, was because they have in the first time he's in the cooler, him scratching on the wall how many days he's been. Mm -hmm. He had it the second time, too. But there's not that, like, many. You don't see, like, you see, like, the 20 that he originally does yeah. or whatnot. But then, like, I want to see, like, the wall continually. Because he's in there for months. Months at times, yeah. right? Yeah. So. Like, it takes, a, it takes a toll on, uh, what's his name? Ives. Yeah. The mole. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, I really, like, every death in this was kind of emotional to me. Hmm. Like, not, like, emotional, like, I broke down crying, but, like... Like, when, when they killed Ives, I was like, holy shit. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and they, when they shot the guy in the train station, like, it was like... Then again, for me, it was like, you're a soldier. Why are you running straight? You know what's going to fucking happen. <laughs> well, I also, I liked how... Um, oh, which one was it? McDonald, I think. McDonald and Bartlett were the ones together, correct? Oh. But it was like, he's the intelligence. He's the one training them how to, you know, not get caught up. And then yeah. it's like, good luck. Thank you. Damn oh, it. 
You had one job. Mm-hmm. Speak French. Yeah, I noticed that, and I'm like, uh huh. <laughs> okay, but it's always that one thing. You're like, oh, oh, they're getting away, and then it's like, ah, good yeah. luck. But apparently, one of the things they talk about is whenever somebody escapes, you weren't supposed to say good luck, because everyone, every time you escape, or escapee was wished good luck on it, they would it would fail. Mm-hmm. And so they said like, yeah, and then the two times people said good luck, it fails. Or they get caught up by it. Okay, shall we get to the cast? Because it's fairly lengthy. It's a fairly lengthy cast. Okay. Okay. I have mine up. So, should we talk about... Okay, so this movie came out... I have July 4th, 1963. Hmm? So, appropriate. Um, Tomato score of 94% for critics and 95% for audiences. So this is a very well-regarded film. Uh, John Sturgis, the director, mm-hmm. um, has worked with Steve McQueen on a couple of occasions. He worked with him on this one. He worked with him on Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was another one, but I can't remember what it was. Um, but other than that, I don't really, I don't really recognize mm-hmm. him as an actor. So, Gunfight That's... at the OK Corral, or sorry, as a director, I apologize. But yeah, so, mm-hmm. Okie dokie. Okie dokie. Shall we start at the bottom? Start at the bottom. So, Von Luger. Von Luger. The Commandant. Commandant? The Commandant. Uh, originally played by Hans Messmer. Mesmer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hans Mesmer? Hans. Hans Mesmer. His name is Hans. Yes. I don't know. Do you want me to start or do you want to start? Hmm. I don't know. Okay, you start. I'll start. Um, so I I wanted a, I wanted a German to play the German. Uh, so I went with August Diel. Del. He was Major Helstrom in Inglorious Bastards. So he's played a Nazi before. Which one was that? No idea. <laughs> but he looks like he he he's an older guy. He's an older German. Was he the one the bear Jew killed? Sure. <laughs> I didn't look you too far into that. That's oh, wait. Funny. I had him up. Because um, he was the last person I cast. Well, while we talk about that, just because mm-hmm. we're talking about Inglorious Bastards, I picked Christoph Waltz. See, I was going to, yeah. but it was but just... But I, I was going for... I'm going... Like, my cast is fairly... Fairly AAA. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, like, because of stuff like that, like, I didn't... And I also did it for the juxtaposition of it. Because when this man plays a Nazi, he's scary. By the way, that's my guy. I don't know who that is then. Oh, that's the guy in the bar. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's a good choice. Yeah. But he has that like, he has like the older look to him Mm -hmm. that kind of Christoph Waltz has too, where you could be like, he could have been from like World War One that Mm. just kind of came over and then was like, I don't really agree now with what they're doing. I'm just going to sit this out in this camp. That's a speaking of scenes with great tension. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that whole bar scene. Yeah, three glitter. <laughs> ah, yeah. I love her face when he does that because she knows right off the bat that he knows. And the like, thing what is, what do you like, mean? As much as I love that movie and I love that scene in particular, it's probably one of my favorite Tarantino scenes of all time. Mm. Um, I still love Kill Bill, but okay. The the fact is, his story isn't. Oh, yeah, I moved to England, and then when the fatherland called, I came back. 
mm-hmm. to explain his accent. Like, that would have been easy and it would have been fine. Like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... But anyway, I digress. I Yeah, I picked Vaults because of the fact that he is such a terrifying Nazi in that film. I wanted this to not be that. Because I kind of wanted the Commandant to be sympathetic. I wanted him to be mm-hmm. the one who's like... And even to the point where I kind of want a scene in there when they find Tom for him to pull Ramsey aside and be like, guys, you got to not do this. Like they're going to, they're going to, this is going to end badly for all of us. Just walk out there and be like, seriously? Yeah. We've had this conversation. Yeah. But like something like that, like, like, cause he knows that like, this is, this is our last recourse. Like Mm -hmm. they're either going to kill all of you and me, or we're just going to sit out the war. Like Mm -hmm. you, like, yeah. So yeah. Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz. Okay. Next, we're going to go with Ives the, the Mole, mole. Um, played by Angus Lenny. Lenny? Let's go with Lenny. Lenny. I was kind of surprised oh, to see Angus. that this guy was named Angus because I did not like his Scottish accent one little bit. Was he not actually Scottish? <laughs> I'm assuming he was, but <laughs> it just sounded Fuck so lad. phony. It sounded like he was doing it too much. Have you met Scottish people? I don't know. I have to apologize, though. I did not choose a Scot. I didn't either. I chose a Brit, who has played Scott before. Okay. And only because I had to do it, I put Simon Pegg in here. See, I thought Simon Pegg, but this is going to sound weird. I figured he's almost a little too old now. 100%. Um, But... Yes, I could totally see Simon Pegg. I kind of wanted it. It was, it was. I thought about it. I'm like, no, it's going to be too easy. I don't want to pick Simon Pegg. I'll pick somebody else. And then when he was breaking down, and then when he broke down and tried to escape, mm-hmm. that was when I'm like, okay, I kind of want Simon Pegg to play this because he's such a comedian. He's such that funny guy. Yes. And then when you see him break down, like in Shaun of the Dead and stuff, like it's yeah. so visceral because he does it so well. Yeah. I'd say he breaks down better at the world's end. He does. Yeah. You're right. Because Shaun of the Dead... Shaun of the Dead was he... just the one that popped in my head first. Yeah. Yeah. So. Shaun of the Dead, I... Yeah, well, the scene where, he has to, where he's yelling at Steve about his mom. Yeah. Like, that's the theme. Yeah. But... Yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah. No, David. Dave's. Dav's. <laughs> that's such a dick. I hate that guy. <laughs> anyway, who do you pick? Um, I... So... Because it's, uh, like I said, I wanted somebody that was really small and skinny. Did did you pick the famous Scottish man, Christopher Lambert? No. (laughs) No. I picked Sean Connery. (laughs) The dead man. (laughs) The dead. Um, No. So I picked a Brit, and I apologize to all the Scottish people, since technically I'm part of the Scottish people. Um, But I went with Thomas Brody Sangster. You should know Doctor him. Who? Uh, maybe Maze Runner. Doctor Who. He was in Love Actually. He was the son. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, the in my, well, he's in some of my favorite Doctor Who episodes, the uh, Family of Blood. Right. <sighs> yeah. Um, little skinny redhead. Little skinny kid. Yeah. And that's why I want it because he um, isn't little anymore. Still very skinny. Have you seen Queen's Gambit? No. He was in that. Yeah. Very tall now. Well, he's tall like she is so but he's very skinny yeah but he has that very like young looking face oh yeah, yeah. like so he was good in that show yeah. that show was really good actually i want him to be the mole i like it he has fun interviews because he's a very old-fashioned person yeah 
Um, but he's young. He's... Yeah, but he's young. So like, like seeing him in interviews with everybody in like Queen's Gambit or like the mm-hmm. Maze Runner movies, which he's also in, and they're all super young, and he's like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> he's like... Well, he's but... three years younger than not than yeah. me. So he was born in the nineties. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next, okay. Willie, the other Tunnel King. I just have Tunnel King on here. I yeah. think they gave him a di- had he had a different no. name in the credits. Oh, no, no still Tunnel King. They were both Tunnel King. Okay. John. Layton, I liked his relationship with Danny. Danny, yes. Like, I really did. So, like, I'm not going to go as far as saying it was a romantic relationship, because was, I don't think they, they tried to go there with it. No, but I think it was a... But like, the fact that they both escaped, and they escaped on a nice rowboat to into the sunset, and it was kind of romantic music, I'm like, this is nice. But, but then they, like, get on the, <laughs> they get on the ship. Yeah. So. One of the only three that get away. Yeah. So it's those two and, and the Australian, and the Australian yeah, yeah. Who, ha- who just happened to find the French resistance. <laughs> so. I like that. Uh, sir, there's a telephone call. Hello? I'm like, why are you saying hello and he's with d- German? Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're talking, he's like, oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> Down I go. Yeah. I like that, though. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, I guess it's my go first, right? No, I'm, it's my go. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. I did Thomas. Um, I'm kind of I was out of order because we both did the bottom one at yes. the same time. Uh, Willie, the Tunnel King. I went with Daniel Portman. Okay. He played Podrick from uh, Game of Thrones. Which one was Pod? Oh, no. He was the... Podrick was... No, um, I got it. I got there. Gwendolyn Christie's squire. Well, yes. And also... Um, wow. Why can't I think of his name? I don't know. Whatever. Doesn't matter. I know who you're talking about. Game of Thrones is over a long time ago. But, like, yeah, he, he's... I wanted somebody that was going to be, like, a supporting to my other Danny. Okay. Right? And he and Podrick looks like he's a nice, like, friendly guy that just wants to help. That's true. I call him Podrick, but Daniel Portman is a nice, friendly guy <laughs> that looks like he wants to help. Okay. Yeah. Who'd you have? As I said... You'll, you'll get this as we go along, too. Like, I pick a fairly heavy cast. Because I think if they ever redo this, oh, yeah. it's going to be that. a bunch of men who go, like, I really want to do this movie. Mm. Right? So, I picked Jude Law. You went, like, really old on people. They're old. They're soldiers. They're, like, 30 years old soldiers. Yeah, whatever. Not these guys. Some of these guys are pretty pretty lengthy in the tooth. Mm. Like, Bartlett and stuff are pretty old. Yeah, Bartlett I did go right. older on. So... Um, yeah, Jude Law's a, an amazing actor. He's done so well. Um, oh, yeah. So, I'd love to... I like seeing him and stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, like, when I first thought about doing this, like, I'm like, okay, it's going to be an MCU reunion of people and just, like, throw all the MCU people in this. Because <laughs> the thing is, like, these people have chemistry, right? Oh, yeah. And, like... What movies nowadays have better chemistry than the, the, MCU. the MCU films? That's true. All those actors have great chemistry together, even when they only end a scene for like two minutes. Like, so. Like the two Sherlocks, when they finally meet each other, like, they have great chemistry together. <laughs> so. See, are you moving your hair, like, <laughs> on purpose? Not at no, the moment. Not at the moment. <laughs> Wait, does that mean he moves his hair every so often? <laughs> Just to mess with people? Did you just say hitherto unknown? (laughs) Anyway, dude, well. What kind of master do I serve? What, am I supposed to say Jesus? (laughs) 
Oh, okay. Yeah, Jude Law. Okay. Now, uh, Mr. James Coburn. So probably the first name I actually recognize from the list we've done so far anyway. Um, right? Do you recognize James Coburn? Probably. Name off some movies. Name off some movies. Okay, so he is known for The Great Escape. Great Escape. The, the what? The Great Escape. <laughs> the Great Escape. The Grape? The Grape. Yeah. yeah. Um, Charade. Uh, the Magnificent Seven. And Duck, You Sucker. Uh, <laughs> Maybe the Magnificent Seven. I, I um, don't think I recognize. The, he, but he, he was. Um, oh, what was the name of that movie where he played uh, like a Bond type character? He was in the Muppet movie. Yes, he was. Apparently, um, like my name. Oh, in like Flint. Yes, that's the movie I was thinking. That's my favorite movie. <laughs> okay. I don't it's know a that joke reference. from Austin Powers. Oh, okay, yeah, he was because In Lake Flint was kind of like a spy movie set in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Well, it was made in the sixties, uh, but it was kind of a comedy. Yeah. But like, yeah, I know him from from mostly westerns and stuff like that. Like, obviously, The Magnificent Seven. I think he was like in Maverick, the Bill Gibson movie, as well. But I'll find it anyway. Um, James Coburn, who was my turn. Yes. Oh, he was in Sister Act 2 as Mr. Crisp. Oh. Yes, he was Maverick. So, yeah. Good. It's your turn. Who do you have? Who's your A-lister? Who's my A-lister for James Coburn? Now, this is... I consider him an A-lister. He is nominated for an Oscar and everything, but he's not as big as the other ones. Uh, but Joel Edgerton. Okay. Yeah. I think he's done some incredibly good work in the past. Uh, I haven't seen him in a lot recently, but um, like Warrior, he was incredibly good in um, The Gift. He was super, super creepy in, but uh, I can't remember what else I've seen him in, but yeah. And he's actually Australian, so. True. Yes. That was. Are you looking him up? <laughs> no, no. I was looking um, at my guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I went, like, I looked for an Australian actor as well. Um, unfortunately, I, I've only seen this guy in a couple things, but you might know him from others. So I went with, uh, Caleb McAuliffe, Auliffe, Auliffe, um, in I, I, I Am Number 4, he played Sam. I can't see that. Oh. <laughs> it's, uh, Mick, A-U-L-I-F-F-E. Okay. Um, he played Alden in The Walking Dead, and he played Teen J in The Great Gatsby. Played the younger version of, I think, Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay. Never saw The Great Gatsby. Gatsby. Really? You're having trouble saying the names, and I'm having trouble saying Commandant. Commandant. <laughs> I'm just doing it now to screw with you. Um, like I said, I wanted basically an Australian to play this. Yeah. And so, like, he's known for things as well outside of Australia, of course. Um, but, yeah. I, I went for... You'll notice that probably I went for a little less big stars until we get up there. Because once we get up there, I start going a little bit more. That's, that's but fine. Do what you want. I do what I want. So that's my Sedwick. Okay. Oh, yes. His name was the manufacturer. The manufacturer. Yes. Who made things. Okay. Next on our list, Ashley Pitt. The dispersal. Dispersal. 
played by David McCallum. And I know I have a pretty good touchdown for this guy, but do you? Mm, probably not. Did you ever watch NCIS? Yeah. Is that? He's Ducky, the is the, he? the corner. <laughs> <sighs> now I can see it. He was also the original uh, Ilya Karyakin from um, A Man Called Uncle. Oh, yeah. The original TV show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I watched NCIS for, for quite a number of years. And one of my I favorite my favorite jokes that they ever did in that was somebody asked Gibbs what Ducky used to look like when he was younger. And he said, Ilya Karyakin. And I'm like, that's funny because he used to play him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's pretty much all. He you would. He was in Baby Driver. He did this. He has a soundtrack credit on Baby Driver. Oh, maybe he's. Which yeah, sounds a little weird. But uh, sorry. Yeah. All right. Is it yeah. me? Is it you? Apparently, he performed The Edge. Maybe he's a singer as well. Huh? Yeah, it's your go. Uh, for this one, I went with William Mosley. Okay. He was Peter from the Chronicles of Narnia. Ah. The older, the older one. Yes. But he's been in a lot of other things since then, but yes, that's he has. pretty much what most people would know him from. Um, but yeah. Not well, that Kate Winslet movie when he, about <laughs> underage sex? Um, <laughs> didn't really want to go on that route, but, uh, sure. I'm trying to look up what that movie was called. Um, not the Royals. Oh, he's in the Royals. Um... Yeah, no, I'm not going to look that Don't up. Don't worry about it. It doesn't really look, matter. I'm going to look it up. Um, but yes. So. But yeah, because he has... Basically, he has that look of a soldier to him. Mm-hmm. And I think it would work well. Um, I picked one of my favorite World War II soldiers. And I picked um, Damian Lewis, who played Winters in Band of Brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also on... Billions? Yeah, Billions. I was trying to think of his other show, but... Homeland? In Homeland, yeah, but Billions is the his the newest recent, one. yeah, yeah. But yeah, very, very incredibly talented actor. Uh, Band mm-hmm. of Brothers is an incredibly, incredibly good miniseries. Uh, the Pacific was okay; it wasn't quite Band of Brothers, um, but yeah, it was really good. And then his turn as a movie star and Dreamcatcher was just, just, just a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but I did watch a couple of seasons of Homeland before it got unbelievably depressing. Um, but I haven't watched Billions, but people do praise praise it. So, yeah. I really do enjoy Damian Lewis. So. I, I do too. Yeah. I think he's a good actor. So, yeah. Okay. Next up, McDonald. McDonald. Intelligence. Originally played by Gordon Jackson. Who, now that I look at his picture, I kind of recognize. I feel like. I'm just going to sound weird. I feel like he was in Indiana Jones. You feel like he was in Indiana Jones. He was not. Okay. Then I feel like he looks like somebody. He looked like a Nazi. <laughs> wow. He was the guy with blonde hair, right? Yeah. And when he wore the little tiny glasses, I'm like, oh, he's like, he looks like he's somebody that would play a Nazi. I'm sorry. <laughs> when I first saw one of the Nazis, like, I can't remember if it was the Commandant or the other one, but I thought it was a younger version of the... Um, the commander from Last Crusade. Okay. Remember the, the yeah. old commander who goes over the cliff in the tank? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was him. I'm like, I had to look it up. I'm like, okay, it's not him. Good. I'm like, there's no way that he's that old. I know he's old, but... <laughs> yeah. 
But no, I don't remember. Mm. Okay, anyway. Is it my go or your go? It's your go. Um, this is where I put Mr. Benedict Cumberbatch. Ooh, the Cumberbatch. Yes. Um, this is, a, this is again, like, from the beginning, oh, I kind of wanted him, um, it was either this or the SBO for me, for mm-hmm. Benedict. I kind of wanted him to play either, but, um, Ramsey was a little bit older and so I, I went with somebody else, but, uh, yeah, um, Benedict's great. Benedict is great. So, and like, I kind of like, I've, I've seen him in other roles where he plays, like he does sometimes not play that super cocky dick. Um, so. The imitation game? Yes. Another movie about a World War II yeah. character, but. They saw it, yeah. solved the enigma. Mm-hmm. She... And, and invented the first computer at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I changed this character slightly. Not terribly, but I made this like the younger, like a younger character, but like somebody that partners up with uh, Bartlett. Okay. So I went with Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Because I think, once again, I've picked Radcliffe before, but I think this is one of those roles where he could just shine as a support instead of trying to carry a movie. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Kind of like how we talk about with... Um, Oh, what's her name from Game of Thrones? Yeah, Emily Clark. Emily Clark, where she would shine better as support. Yeah, she's great as Daenerys. Yeah, but never has never has really been good as a, a lead. standalone. Yeah, I was watching a, I was watching something the other day, and they were talking about casting Wolverine again, and they suggested Daniel Radcliffe. Weird. Well, he's young and he's short. Ah, uh, yeah, right. You just bulk him up, and you know. Give an American accent. Canadian. Same thing. Canadian accent. But like, yeah, I want him to be this kind of, but that's what I wanted to play it off as is like, he's the intelligence. Like he knows things and that's kind of what he does for, I guess. I thought about casting him as the forger. Yeah? Yeah. And I cast somebody else. Yeah, so did I. That's why I said I thought about it. So then let's talk about the forger (laughs) because he's next. Donald Pleasance or the forger. I talked about this earlier. It's like just seeing him as not Blofeld. Every every scene he was in kind of weirded me out. And then I looked him up. I'm like, oh, yeah. He was also Loomis in the Halloween movies. <laughs> yeah, he was the psychiatrist or yeah. the doctor. Yeah. So Which like... I completely forget about because for some reason, like, it's always just... Is it just a little... Spectre. Sorry. Is it just a little weird, like, the whole him going blind thing? Because it kind of just came I out fig- of nowhere. I, I for figured me. that was just something that they that was in real life, like that was a mm. real thing that they wanted to shoehorn in there. Because like, yeah, it didn't really bring anything to the story. Other than it need he needed to escape with somebody else. Yeah, and then build that like friendship with Henley. Mm-hmm. But like, it just felt like it was like all of a sudden he's like, oh, I can't see anymore. But the thing is, like, he could see close up. He could yeah. still work. So I think that's why he didn't notice it right away was because like, but I want them to like, I'd build on that throughout the story, like have him trip over something and just think, Oh, sorry. I'm yeah. was too busy thinking of this or like mm-hmm. make it where it's more. Cause not, not only that, but like Hendley figures it out right away. Yeah. Right. Like he figures like, what it out. What do you think of mine? Yeah. Like he's like, and like, I know they do that for screen time. Right. Mm-hmm. But so anyways, I guess it's me. Uh, yeah, I believe so. 
For my forger, I want Dominic Cooper. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I like Dominic Cooper. He's good. Okay. Is that it? That's yeah. all you want to say? You no. don't want to say anything no, fun about Dominic Cooper? He's he's a great actor. Um, oh, we got to stop saying that. Okay. No, no, no. He's a <laughs> shitty-ass actor. No, no, no but, that... like, we're not going to pick shitty actors, so... <laughs> well, we have before. Okay, let's look up. It's not and... like we're going to be like, you know, we're picking... I don't want to say say a name just to... I don't okay. want to insult no, the but like, <laughs> So Dominic Cooper, it's kind of the... It's the Howard Stark from the first Avengers. Yeah. Young um, Howard Stark. Young Howard Stark. Um, it was also his character in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Uh, love that movie. Great book. So Terrible stupid. movie. <laughs> so stupid. But he's he's got that like range to him and he's got that presence that I wanted. And then I want him to be like... want to be kind of cocky as a forager in the beginning and then almost to get humbled by the whole losing his eyesight thing where he's like, shit, I'm pretty much useless at this point mm-hmm. right that's what i want what do you want um tell me I, who your a-lister is i picked somebody who could do the idris alba no jack black no yes nicholas cage jack black the british guy <laughs> nicholas cage um just because you're gonna keep guessing i picked eddie redmayne because hmm? i wanted that i more for his obviously because no one's ever going to pick him for his role in the Jupiter Ascending. More for his role as um, Newt's commander. Yeah. Because um, I wanted that subdued, like, calm, confident person, which which he was. Like, when he was making tea at the beginning and stuff like that. Yeah. And he was just, like, talking about... Because, like, this guy's in a soldier. No. Right? Like, he is a... He is a paper, like, he is a business, not a businessman, but he's like a paper pusher in the military yeah. who was out on patrol because he wanted to go he- see what it was like. Was he not? He wasn't one of like the surveyors too, or was he? Because what was his job? Because he said he was going. He went out on the plane, and the plane got shot down. But he was yeah. going out. He wasn't flying. No, no, no. He, but he's he was. He said he wanted to go see what it was like, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He was basically on a joyride, and his plane got shot down. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Okay. Hmm. Eddie Redmayne. Eddie Redmayne. Okay. Next we have Danny. Danny the Tunnel King. Charles Bronson. Who was in like seventeen Death Wish movies? I know it wasn't that many. Oh, that's just an insult to Charles Bronson. Why? Because they put him next to the Death Wish Bruce Willis movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, Magnificent Seven. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like there's a weird consistency here. <laughs> um, but yeah, Charles Bronson was always kind of that. No, it's Charles Bronson, that tough guy. British. Uh, let's see. He was built. He was born in Pennsylvania, United States of America. He was built there. He was built there. They Everything put was him built together. In, yeah, in Ironfield. Because that that was the one part I found kind of a little weird. Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure accent. he's American, but they don't really talk about. Like, I don't know if they talked about him being. Like British or American. They 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 did. There was one when he first freaked out and he got out of the tunnel and mm-hmm. um. His friend was talking to him. Can't remember his friend's name. Um, um, nope. Willie. Yeah. And he was like, you didn't escape, I think he said a country or a town, mm-hmm. to come join us to, to fail now. Right? Because I don't, I don't know if he was supposed to be Italian, but that's kind of what I got from the accent he was trying to do. 
Yeah, kind of. Right? So what I, when my, in my head canon, because I didn't look this up, he was an Italian person who escaped fascist Italy to join the British SAS. I'm going to look this up while we're right? talking. So. Uh, but other than that, like, like Charles Bronson has been that, that tough guy for. Oh, yeah. So many years. Like, as, oops, sorry, as I said, like the Death Wish movies, I think he was in four or five of them. He's a Polish refugee who escaped Nazi held Poland and oh, went to England Poland. to join up in the fight against the Nazis. Okay. Well, I went with Italian. Because. Don't mess with the Italians. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was. <laughs> um, but yeah, he was always known, like, as if you ever watched. He's the tough guy. It, we have, we have purposefully avoided mm-hmm. doing the Magnificent Seven because they because they've remade that and... movie like twelve times. Yeah. Um, but like the version that all these people have been in, and Steve McQueen will be in later, um, is actually very very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and has a great story about Yul Brenner. Have I ever told you the story? I probably Yul Brenner. Who is the main character in The Magnificent Seven. He is the... If you've seen the, the modern one, he's the Denzel Washington character. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a huge stage actor at the time when they wanted to do this movie. And they got him to do it, and he was a huge stage actor. So he was like, I'm the man. I'm the man. I'm the, the star of this movie. I can yeah. do this. This is a very... And then Steve McQueen comes walking in all casual as shit. And, you know, just radiates screen charisma. And is also, like, three inches taller than Yul Brenner, which pissed him off. <laughs> so every scene they were in together, Yul Brenner was standing on something, or, like, it was forced perspective, so he looked mm-hmm. taller. Because, like, he just, they just did not get along. <laughs> so and Steve McQueen's like, I'm going to bring a motorcycle in this. Steve, <laughs> this is the West. I'm bringing a motorcycle in. We'll make it steam power. I'm riding a horse. You've never ridden a horse. I'm riding one now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm but like, which actor that was now? I know but. I talked about this in Bullet, but like this Steve McQueen always struck me we'll, as this great guy. We'll get to Steve McQueen. So, anyway, yes, we'll get to him. But we're here talking about Charles Bronson. So, yes. who is your, or is it me? me? It's me. It's you. Yeah. Who's your tunnel king? Um, Ricardo Scarum Scarum Scarchino Scarchio. Um, he was the bad guy in John Wick Two. Okay. You know what I'm talking the, about? The asshole that wanted to kill his sister? Yeah. 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 Because um, I wanted... I Again, as I said, I was going with Italian. I should have looked it up. It's fine. Um, but, like, I thought that character... That that character... My God, my brain... We're just... This is not working right now. That character in John Wick 2, even though he was a jerk, he did it really, really well. Oh, yeah. Being a jerk is a special skill and i think if you can pull that off you're a pretty good actor like it's a kind of a shame that the guy who played joffrey quit acting yeah because like he could have been really good if they had just let him keep going but i think that's also just more of like but that's a social media thing yeah well but but it happened for uh uh jake lloyd too yeah like not that he was great in the phantom menace but like the internet ripped him a new one and he didn't want to do it anymore. No. So. But yeah. Anyway. That guy. Okay. Who do I you have? went with Jack O'Connell. I don't know who that is. 
Uh, he is born in Derby, England. This guy's supposed to be Polish. I, I didn't realize that. <laughs> I just made him a Brit. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe he could play that. Who cares? Um, but uh, primarily, I mean, he's, it's going to sound terrible. He's not anything I've really seen. I chose him mainly for his looks because he looks like a tough guy. And I wanted somebody that was like, I've seen him in something. Probably. I don't know. But he looks like a tough guy. Yeah. And that's what I wanted. I want somebody that looked just tough and, you know, have that kind of machoism to him. Like, beef him up a bit. Not super much because they weren't, like, Marvel characters in World War II. Wasn't Captain America. Um, but have him be, like, that super macho guy. But then have that whole, like, claustrophobia thing condition I guess, mm. in there, where it's like, he's just like, I have to get out, and that's why I'm tunneling, but I can't stand this anymore. Yeah. So, yeah, Jack O'Connell. Okay. Uh, next, we have Ramsey. The SBO. The SBO. What did that stand for? Senior British Officer. There we go. I had to look that up. I was like, does it mean something terrible? Like, At first, I thought it was SOB, and I'm like, no. That's what I first said, and I'm like, SOB? Oh, no, wait. <laughs> HBO. Um, James Donald played him. Mm-hmm. He is known for The Great Escape, The Bridge Over the Bridge of Kwai, which was actually a really, really good mm-hmm. movie. Um, something called The Vikings. Mm-hmm. And Lust for Life. He was Theo Van Gogh. Theo. I'm guessing Van to Gogh. Kirk Douglas' Vincent Van Gogh. Because yeah. Kirk Douglas is on the poster. Um, sure. But yeah. I don't recognize him. No. So, uh, here we go. Um, this is where I put... Eddie Redmayne. Oh, nice. Mainly because... I'm terrible to say it. Mainly because of the way this guy is walking with the, the cane. Oh, crap. He walks with a cane, doesn't he? Yeah. Shit. Uh-oh. What did you do? Never mind. You'll laugh at me. Okay. <laughs> but because he, he has the cane, so you're assuming that he's an, off, like he's an officer that's been wounded, but he never gave up being an officer. Mm-hmm. Right? So he's not really an active... He's not a fighter. But that's why he's considered the SBO, the senior officer, because he's walking around. Well, he's also the senior officer. Yeah. And I think you can age Eddie Redmayne up a bit, because he's actually quite young. But the thing is, World War II, that wasn't necessary. Officers could have been... He could have just been the highest... Officers were just rich people who did a test and got to become an officer. And then he just could have been really good and, like... Yeah. Yeah. And there was war. Like, people got promoted like crazy. um, The Theory of Everything is where he played Stephen Hawking's. Mm -hmm. But, like, he played that well right he so plays it amazingly yeah and yeah. just that kind of calmness to him that we talked about with newt um it's where I, I figured i'd put him okay so let me laugh at why why you're i picked hugh laurie <laughs> <laughs> completely forgot this character walked with a cane <laughs> well we know he can yeah yeah Ah, uh, Hugh Laurie. i love hugh laurie yeah and i and i like his britishness and i picked him because he was an older gentleman um, did you ever watch Black Adder or yeah, any of those? I, did. I totally did. Yeah. yeah, he is amazing. He was great. Yeah, um, him and um, Ron Atkinson. Atkinson when they do their William Shakespeare sketch. Have you ever seen that one? I, I think so. Yeah, it cracks me up. Where he's like the "to be or not to be" speech, and he's like, "It's just too long." What do you mean we got to shorten it? <laughs> well, how about "to be or not to be"? No, that's rubbish. What are you talking about? <laughs> Go watch that sketch, by the way. <laughs> No, I, yeah. 
Okay. Hugh Laurie again. He is incredibly. He's an incredibly talented actor. Um, since House, he has. I haven't really seen him in that much. Um, um, but then in... again, he did so many episodes of that show. He probably never has to work again. Probably not. Let's yeah. see what he's currently. Uh... Like I know he's been in a couple of movies and stuff like that. So yeah, last movie. Oh, this is gonna sound weird. Last movie I can remember him in was Tomorrowland. Oh yeah, I even forgot about that one. I was thinking Flight of the Phoenix. No, I don't even. Um, he's in Roadkill. In 2020, Avenue 5, The Personal History of David Copperfield, Catch-22, he was on episodes of Veep, he was Mycroft in Holmes and Watson, that great movie. Hey, he's done a few things. Yeah, anyway, yeah. doesn't really matter. I picked him. Hugh Laurie. So, okay. Walking around with his cane. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, James Garner. Henley. Henley. <laughs> Headley. Headley Lamar. Nick <laughs> Headley. Um, so this was the scrounger, the guy who get get stuff. I um, like how in the beginning he's like, uh, but he's not anything without milk. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go get some wood. Five minutes later, he comes back with a little thing of milk. And he's like, here you go. And you're yeah. like, where did you get that? Um, so most people will probably know him as the old man from The Notebook. What? He was. I never saw The Notebook. Yeah, I said most people. Okay. Lots of people saw that stupid movie. Yeah, okay, good for them. I enjoy him in Space Cowboys, which is a really dumb movie about four old men. <laughs> Going into space. <laughs> yeah. So, but he's well, he's still alive, right? Oh, no. He no. Died. Most of the people in 2014. This... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I he popped up. He popped up and stuff like as an old man. Mm-hmm. Um throughout my life and yeah i really yeah. enjoy seeing him i totally forgot he was the bad guy in atlantis the lost empire like the the general yeah oh okay yeah, rourke it's been a while since i've seen that one it's an underrated disney film oh it's a great disney yeah. film not like that stupid llama movie that everybody likes <gasps> emperor's new groove that's a terrible movie i like emperor's new groove <laughs> Got our favorite uh, John Goodman in it. Our favorite John Goodman? Yeah. Opposed to our, un- our least favorite yeah. John Goodman? <laughs> and oh, what's his name? Patrick Warburton? Yes. Yeah. I love that guy. But the main character is David Spade. Yeah, David Spade was popular for a while. <laughs> anyway. Uh, is it my Headley or your Headley? Headley. <laughs> I think it's mine. Okay, go. I did Eddie Redmayne. Who who was your? Oh yeah, I picked you, Lori. So it's yeah, Michael. it's yours. Michael. So we're talking um, about yours. So when you go in with an American soldier, and you need chemistry and you need charisma, you gotta go with Chris Evans. God damn it, man! <laughs> you doing him too? Yeah, but yeah, not for later. Oh, you picked yeah. him for? See, I almost picked him for Hiltz. Like he was definitely gonna be my Hiltz, but yeah. uh, we'll get to that. We'll talk about it when you get to him. But uh, yeah, I didn't want him anyway. We'll talk about... Let's just punt this to... No, no. When we have to talk about him again. Um, who's your Henley? I want Zach Efron. That's a little weird. I wanted a cocky young kid to do this, <laughs> though, as the American. Not quite that young anymore. Yeah, but cocky kid. <laughs> cocky young adult. But somebody that had charisma? I think he has a... I think he got shafted out of a good career. 
Not that he didn't make money, because he definitely made a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And he will continue to make money. But I think that kid could have been a lot bigger than he is. And I think roles he picked, like High School Musical and stuff, may have hurt his prospects. Yeah. But I think a movie like this could bring it back. Definitely. Right? He needs to... He, someone needs to take a chance on his dramatic acting. Yeah. And to I show that he can do it. Henley should be... Like I said, Henley should be a little bit cocky. Should just be, definitely be charismatic. Mm -hmm. But then he cares for um, Blythe. Yeah. Right? And I want like that to be a little more dramatic and then that death where the he like Blythe gets shot right yeah. and have that as just like a really hurtful moment for him it and was then, and then yeah then you can have that kind of dramatic so yeah Zach Efron okay okay Bartlett the big X shall we talk about Jurassic Park it's bad no expense <laughs> so we were at this movie and I paused it and I'm like, you know who that is? To Danielle? And she's like, no. And I'm like, what if I said, welcome to Jurassic Park? And she's like, what? <laughs> yeah, does not look a thing like Richard Attenborough did when he died. <laughs> no. But he doesn't have the beard. No. And he's not all white. Like, Richard yeah. Attenborough is Santa. Yes. Right? I think he was Santa. Yeah. In Miracle, Miracle 34th Street. Yeah. <laughs> so we recast it. That's right. Not? Yeah. So... Oh, Which, we did the original, though. Oh, I didn't know he... Oh, he was a producer on Gandhi. He did Weird. a lot of producing after, I think, The Great Escape. Really? Like, he, he moved away and only came back to acting for, like, Jurassic Park. He has 13 producing credits, so yeah, that's pretty good for a... Hmm? Yeah. So, and Gandhi was what? Big Gandhi's a big movie. Hmm. So was Chaplin. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. And his brother, David. David Attenborough. Are they actually brothers? I believe they're actually brothers. Because, hmm. like... They're family of some sort. Hmm. But I believe they're were, they were brothers. Trying to quickly read through it. Doesn't read really his, get to, those, to, to his brother, read his but... full bio. I don't want to read it. We're doing a podcast. Okay, well, then I will read it well. No, no, just tell I me... I talk about James McAvoy, who's going to be Bartlett. I thought about it. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So I just I like he's, James McAvoy. Yeah, he's he's such, great. He, yeah, so amazing. Um, he's so talented. He's played so many different roles. I mean, I liked him as Xavier in the First Class and Days of Future Past. I'm the gonna other, say this: the, the I, other movies are just bad, so it's okay. No, but I'll just say this: like, yeah, the other movies are so bad that it just almost feels like he gave up too on them. Like most of that cast feels like it almost gave up on them. You, we I, know Mystique did. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. I, I, I definitely agree with you, except for the scenes where he got to play with Michael Fassbender. Yes. The scenes they have together are always spectacular. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether or not it was whatever rubbed off from Patrick and McKellen. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe just seeing I don't know why I did first name and last name for those two. <laughs> Patrick and Ian. <laughs> Stuart and McKellen. Um, I don't know if that's what it was or just the nature of the roles themselves. Yeah. But, you know, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen had amazing chemistry as those two. And continue to after yeah. the, after that. And James McAvoy and Fassbender, again, amazing chemistry. And it was remarkable yeah. throughout those first two good, okay movies. Yeah. And the second two, bad shit, stupid movies. Yeah. But even his, his um, split and glass, like the way he played the multiple characters and switched in between them. And just the way he plays it is just amazing. So... 
this would be a great one because this is kind of for me this is your main character yeah it's not the steve mcqueen character that we already know who chris chose but <laughs> this would be the one that's gonna if you really just kept your mouth shut we wouldn't have known <laughs> i know but you already you chose a bunch of mine i just put them in different places yeah, and I was like, Damn it. that's what happens i to be honest i thought we would have a lot more similarities than we do i tried to stay because like i said i thought simon Pegg too yeah but I again thought, I, as i said i was going for yeah. a lot bigger cast bigger cast. and i was trying to be a little bit more of like because like for me this is like some director going like this is what i want to do like mm -hmm. this is to me like this is the rooster brothers being like hey i'm gonna pick all my friends and we're gonna do this yeah right mm -hmm. like that's what i that's what i picture on this so so anyway who'd you have uh daniel craig actually um i obviously he's a, an amazing james bond He's one of the best, if not the best, depending on how you feel about it. Mm -hmm. um, but it was more of his role in Knives Out. Okay. Um, and my favorite Fincher film, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, where he is not that same... Uh, what does it say? Okay. Keep going. Um, it wasn't the same. Like, he just had this... Like, obviously, as an action star, he's really, really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing him again as James Bond. But, yeah, him as this crazy detective um, who, you know. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I think uh, him as this commander. Also, Munich. So good in Munich. He's an yeah. amazing, amazing actor. Anyway. Yes. Uh, shall we move on to Look our Cooler Hilts? Kings. Yes. So, Hilts. Steve Hilts. McQueen. Um, what do we want to say that we have not said about Steve McQueen? Steve McQueen's great. And I really enjoyed him in this. And yeah, like as I was watching him do the motorcycle scene, I'm like, yeah. I really did think that this kind of was Tom Cruise before Tom Cruise. Yeah. He had way more like charisma and everything in this. And he did like in Bullet. He was way, he was a lot more stone faced. Yeah, he like, was way more like reserved and held yeah. back. And like, yes, he smiled in this and was like. He smiled, he happy, kind of joked around. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. Um, shall we talk about Chris Evans? Let's talk about Chris Evans. <laughs> this is where I put Chris Evans. Yeah. Because not not he, for, he is our America. Yeah, like, but <laughs> not not as the Steve Rogers. I I kind of want him a little more of that happy, jokey Chris Evans. Terrible Fantastic Four movies, but you know, kind of that balance between almost like with Scott Pilgrim too, right? Where he played that really, or even Knives Out before he turned out. evil. Yeah. Spoilers. Out. Have you not seen that movie? I have. Okay. <laughs> Great it's, movie. It's kind of an internet well known that he is the bad guy yes. in that film. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted him to play not just like a Captain America and very stoic and, you know, I'm here for freedom, but I want him to play the, you know, mm -hmm. I'm a fighter pilot. I'm going to go back to Berlin one way or another. Like, I'm going to get out of here and, like, I got to get out of here. So. That's where I figured he'd shine here as as the cooler king. Yeah. Who'd you have? Um, I picked Ryan Gosling. Oh. Cause, Pretty boy? Uh, no, actually, just because he was cool. Because to me, Steve McQueen is actually cool in this. Like, he is, you know, that... Like, I know they call him the cooler king because mm -hmm. he stays in the cooler. But, like, the fact that he was able to keep his cool and he was able to still come out and... Be, still come out be the same person he was like even after the tunnel collapse and he's covered in dirt he's still kind of smiling and like and like 
I don't know. Ryan Gosling just does effortlessly cool really, really well. Hmm. Right? Like La La Land, Drive. Like the guy can just do cool. And like, I know he's not quite this when it comes to driving and doing his own stunts and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think if it's not too dangerous and stuff, like you could probably see him doing at least some of the motorcycle stuff himself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. One of our sexy Ryan exports. You're welcome, (laughs) world. Canada gives you the sexy Ryans. (laughs) So. But yeah. Yeah. I really enjoyed this movie. I I would definitely watch it again. To be honest, like I know I said this about uh, Rashomon, and I still haven't gone back to uh, Kurosawa, but I kind of want to see more Steve McQueen films. Seeing this and Bullet, like... Because, like, I had seen Bullet, but I never saw it all the way through. So. True. Yeah. Before we've seen the car chase scene. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to go back and see some more of his films. Like, again, like, I've seen parts of The Magnificent Seven, but I've never seen the whole thing. Hmm. So. I've only ever seen the remake. With and then the Denzel seven, and Chris Pratt. Seven Samurais? No. Or the, the seven. Samurai Seven? Samurai Seven is a show. Seven Samurais seven is Samurais, uh, yeah. Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. So Which like, I found a recent thing that talked about why samurai movies and western movies are very similar. Yeah. It's because cowboys and samurais were around around the same time. Yeah. Which is kind of just crazy when you think about it. No, it's not. No, it's crazy. <laughs> it's it's crazy when you think about. So this this thing is one of those these things that people don't understand the cowboy that you know in your brain Mm -hmm. the one that you're picturing in your head when someone says the cowboy Cowboy. from the wild wild west that was like 40 years that's it Mm -hmm. like it was just incredibly short amount of time yeah (laughs) and like that was when samurai were ending yeah that was the end of samurai had been around for years before that oh yeah right the cowboy was had a very short window of cowboy outlaw yeah Right before it were... was, it was after that civil war, mm-hmm. you know, civil war and all that stuff. Between that era, them all moving west, and civilization moving west behind them. Mm-hmm. Once the civilization hit, it wasn't the wild west gone. anymore. No, right, and that's you know where you get great video game stories like Red Dead Redemption, where it, it kind of was that. It was like this is ending, mm-hmm. like yeah, so. I don't know. That's one of those weird time things. Yeah. That you never really think about. Kind of like Cleopatra is closer to being in our time than she was to when the Great Pyramids were actually built. Yeah. Like time is fucked. <laughs> and we went in a whole episode. No, I said it earlier. <laughs> no, you said shit earlier. No, no, I actually said. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, where can they find us, Hassa? You guys can find us on all podcast networks. Uh, we're here. Um, whenever you need us, that seems weird. Uh, <laughs> whenever you need us, we're there to entertain you for an hour or annoy you. Should Doesn't you, know. You know, little, little, uh, window into next week. Should you need us? <laughs> um, we're also, uh, you can find, we're also on Twitter and Facebook. We're casted podcasts for casted pod. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find Danielle at Fiona Veer on Instagram. Chris, where can they find you? Find me at the Canuck Comic Eye store on Etsy, as well as we are on Instagram as well. Yeah. Look for the Canuck Comic Eye store. 
Ah, so. well. Okay. Um, that's that's it. Right? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's military month. So next week we have a new month. Next week we have an interesting month. We decided to challenge ourselves. Yeah. So we're, we, uh, we've noticed in the last little while, a little more than that, um, we've been doing these. We're having a lot of fun doing them, but it's pretty much just been a lot of straight remakes. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and take movies and move their genres around to try and create less of a one-for-one remake and more of a spiritual remake. Yep. Um, we're calling it this the genre swap month. So, yeah. I probably should have put genre, not theme. Yeah. I'm creating a generator. Okay. Yes. So, from all of us here at Recasted, go watch one of my all-time favorite kids' movies, The Labyrinth.